3: What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Colby Powell, Taylor Williams, Sam Humphreys with you here on a Tuesday, a Major Championship Tuesday, the last one of these that we will have for about nine months. We have been spoiled by all of the Major Championship Golf. Count it, seven of them in the last 11 months, and now we're going to have the Open Championship this week at Royal St. George's. Uh, everybody, make sure you head over to GolfOklahoma.org. Check out everything that they have to offer, as there's still a lot going on here in the state of Oklahoma. And you can follow us on Twitter, at the 73rd Hole, or on Instagram, just search 73rd Hole. You will find us wherever you're listening. Go ahead and give us a five-star rating, leave a review. Those help a ton, and we would greatly, greatly appreciate it. All right, we are going to go talk to Jim Woodward, our buddy. We talked to him before every single major championship legend of the game here in the state of Oklahoma. Woody, what's going on today? You looking forward to
0: the Open? You got to love the British Open. I I was caught one time on uh, Channel 9 talking to Dean Blevins, and I said, there's two things about the British Open you can count on. And I said, you know what they are, boys? What do you guys think they are? There's two things you can count on. Wind? Rain? Weather. Weather. Weather is always a factor. Weather is always a factor. You know what the other is?
1: What's that? Old guys contending? Nope.
4: Slow green. The women are ugly.
1: Nope,
0: the women are ugly. (laughs) In here, uh, Scotland, Scotland, the sheep back into a wall in Scotland for a reason. Okay, we are all Keep that mind. That's, that's history one hundred and one for I'm just telling you. I've I've been to Scotland enough times that I always used to say there's not very many pretty women here, and they go, "But they're real friendly." I said, "Yes, they are. They're very friendly." And I, I don't get me wrong. I love Scotland, but I just United States
3: got a lot prettier girls. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic, Woody. Well, let's talk about some of these pretty golfers that we're going to have out let's there this it. week. And this, pretty, and this pretty golf course, Royal St. George's. It's kind of lent itself to the long shots. We had Ben Curtis in 2003 yes. sneak up and get the win. We had Darren Clark at 42 years old uh, in 2011. Yep. DJ tried to chase him down on the back nine, hit it out of bounds on a par five, yep. and that was pretty much it for DJ's run. So uh, what you yep. remember about Royal St. George's this is—it's a little different. It's in England, but it's on the coast. It could be—it could be windy, wet at any point in time. Uh, so, how do you think the golf course is going to play this week in terms of difficulty? Because it's been among the
0: most difficult in the Open, Rota. Well, and it—it it, you know the British Open is really based on the weather. I mean, it—it it is. For years, we've watched it, and if you've ever been to Scotland played over there, and it's. When, when you play in that wind and rain over there, it's different than here. It's so heavy, but the wind is a heavy wind, and the rain seems like it's heavy. Everything keeps the ball from going very far. So that thing, that that means that a Bryson DeChambeau only hit 340 instead of 380. Okay, so it doesn't really matter from that standpoint, right? But if, if you look at the, the history of that, the reason why the long shot tends to get in there is the golf course is just kind of a funny golf course. And you'll, you when you watch it, you'll see what I'm talking about, that the rough is going to always be nasty. The bunkers are always going to be nasty. But it lends itself to a guy that if he can get the ball up and down or he doesn't hit it way offline, he can compete, just like a Ben Curtis at that time. He won 500-1. to one. You know, nobody picked him. And uh, he just kind of kept plodding along there. And before you know it, there he was. So it, it, it tends itself – to the the kind of long shot is the best way to put that and that's why it makes this really hard to pick guys I'll just tell you I think really hard to pick
1: well backing off that question what do you know what wh- in this weather over there, uh, across the pond, just t- give the listeners a little bit, a little bit of advice about what um, you know these players might be facing uh, in the heavy winds and everything. Give the listeners a little bit of, you know, off the tee, it can be really dicey, especially on a British Open course, not only because uh, of the wind and the rain, but because the ball tends to roll out into spots, whether it be a pot bunker or the gorse bushes. Uh, just, just tell them what these guys might be facing off the tee and around the greens that's different than here in the states it's 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 a lot
0: it's a different grass it's a lot of different grass that you play on over there because especially the ones kind of by the coast it's called some kind of palpa something i can't remember the name of it but it's, it's 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 kind of a tight grass that's kind of ugly to look at and playing off of it's okay but it's not bermuda it's not uh Benz. it's not rye it's nothing like that it's just some kind of goofy grass over there the other thing that it comes down to is we've said this before multiple times when the wind blows you, you look for the best ball strikers the guys that can hit solve and flight the ball the best okay so when we talk about flighting a golf ball you got to be able to hit it really solid and most of the time low through those windy conditions which guys that tend to hit it a little bit You know, off the center of the face are going to struggle because that wind will eat it up. The ball will spin more and the the wind just takes it apart. So I I know Ben Curtis probably isn't what you call a world-class ball striker when he won it, but uh, Clark was. Darren Clark is a really good ball striker. So I think you're going to see that we'll see more of those kinds of guys up there on the leaderboard this week than you will somebody that tends to not hit it real solid, but you know gets away with bloody murder when they're on in golf courses in the States or there's no wind.
4: Yeah. I remember when, uh, when Darren Clark won, it was, uh, it was really exciting because he was one of those players that really deserved a major and just wasn't able to get it. And we saw how exactly. happy he was afterwards. I mean, he could hardly speak at his press conference Monday morning because he was so hung over. It was pretty legendary. <laughs> To say the least, yeah. and you know, Woody, one of the things I love about watching uh, British Open, Open Championship, whatever you want to call it, is the the creativity these players need inside of a hundred yards. I mean, you could use a putter, you could use a fairway wood, you could, I mean, you could hit a a flop shot if you wanted to, because these guys get their bounces down to zero essentially for the firmness. I mean, what what type of shot would you prefer, or what um what what do you expect to see from inside a hundred yards from these pros this week as varied to you know like last week or the last couple of tournaments?
0: Well, one thing we know is that the European used to have a big advantage on these kinds of golf courses, where we call it bump and run and stuff like that. But I'll give the American guy credit. He's, he's kind of learned how to play it. You know what I mean? He's kind of learned how to, how to not put the ball in the air all the time. Keep it on the ground is what the European guy does. So he hits a lot of shots that are lower trajectory bounce and roll up type of shots and he's trying to fly it to the pin all the time. And and congratulations to the American that started figuring that out, that they, they had to change the way they played their shots because they couldn't keep trying to throw everything up and at the pins. They had to use the moguls and the mounds and what that golf course would create to let them feed it to there. I think they did that too, guys, just so you know. I think the Ryder Cup has taught our guys a lot when they started getting their butts handed to them. Uh, they they started watching a little bit more how those guys did it and uh the, and, and credit to our guys they starting to figure it out so I think you're gonna see a lot a lot less 60 degree loss and a lot more kind of bumps and runs that's what I'm gonna anticipate.
3: Yeah, I think we'll see a lot of that, Woody. I'm curious where you're at on John Rahm. John Rahm's a big favorite coming in this week. Uh, I mean, he, he basically, he was going to cakewalk to the win at the Memorial before he had to withdraw with COVID. He wins the U.S. Open. Last week at the Scottish Open, he finishes two back of the playoff, and he was just a disaster on the greens. Couldn't make anything, and he finished two back of mm-hmm. the playoff, Woody. So, I mean, it's, yeah. it's, obviously he's an overwhelming favorite, twice the betting odds of anyone else. How do you feel about Rahm? Is it kind of his to lose at this point?
0: Uh, I don't think so. I don't. I don't think we can just make him an overwhelming favorite, no matter how good he is. I, I, I find it interesting that you guys would ask about him because I happened to see Matthew Wolf and Nick Hein today out at Oak Tree, and I said, "Hey, uh, I'd like to sell your pairing for next year's U.S. Open on Sunday. Can would you guys mind if I get to pick who's paired with you? Because they're going to pay big money. Because obviously, you guys are the direct correlation to winning. <laughs> and they kind of looked yeah. at me at first, and they go. Oh, that's right, the last two guys, the one we prepared with him. I said, Yeah, you were right up personal and then they said I said, Those putts he made on seventeen and eighteen, having played Tory as many times as I had, I'd like to take a small bucket back out there and see if he could do it again. And they, they laughed. They said, You know what it was crazy, Woody? He putted horrible all day. Filled in. Filled in. And he said, Those two putts were were so hard and the ball did not roll very well and they both went right in the middle of the hole and I said well that's called karma because of the memorial and because it was his time to win so do I make him the overwhelming favorite after that story no because there's too many other guys that are still playing some really good golf but should he be there and will he be there I bet he will but I don't. I don't even have him in my top three
1: I got you, Woody. And, and you're saying that you like some of the long shots this week. Uh, there's a lot of first-time guys going over to uh, the British Open this year. And I, I'm just curious, if you were advising a guy, you know, that's going over there for the first time and, and he's facing all these challenges, not only the long flight, so the body clock's different, it's different food, it's different uh, a lot of things off the course. But on the course, we've seen guys need uh, maybe five to ten years even uh, to learn how to play over. There at the British Open. Um, do you like some of the new timers this time around, or do you think that you might stay away from the new timers? And what would you say no. to advise them?
0: Uh, well, the first thing I'm gonna I'm gonna surprise both of you that uh, my pick to win is going to be Scotty Scheffler. Oh, okay. Wow. Wow. Okay. Um, and I think I just I like what he can do with the golf ball. Uh, I, he is he is young you know you're thinking, Well, where does that come from? But I, I think that that I got a, just a funny feeling. I think he's gonna play good in those conditions. Now I might be way off again. Let's not bet our mortgage, please. This is just my <laughs> 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 okay. Or Rocket Mortgage, if you will. Uh, or you know, rocket mortgage. Don't go bet it. Uh, but uh, <laughs> uh I I'm I'm gonna say that too, I think it's gonna have a job. For- and, and if he does, it's going to be party on Garth because I will pull one right out of him. <laughs> but, but having said that, I also like uh, as far as the European is, is Matthew Fitzpatrick very still young, not, not like a proven, quote winner, not one a major, but I think he's gonna have this week. So and I think as far as if I was going to the British Open for the first time and then never been to Scotland, the first thing I would have done, is I would have find a veteran that had. It's just like if I was going to play Augusta for the first time, I would go to somebody that play Augusta 15-20, where it's Mickelson or Tiger or whoever it is, and I would pick their brain. That's who I would go with, and I would try as much as I could to be around anybody like that I could get my hands on.
4: That's good advice. Yeah, I absolutely could not agree with that more. Woody, and you know, I'm I'm looking over here. We came into to Colby's house, and he's got four sheets of paper over here listed with different DraftKings lineups based on based on the weather. Is he is he being a little too far out on the line with thinking that the weather will have this much influence, or can we really eliminate about half of the field depending on their tee time?
0: Well, I haven't looked to see what that weather is, and he might have done a lot more homework than I have to know that there is a chance that there could be. The British Open is probably the most severe part from morning to afternoon tea times. It can cause the biggest issues. There are some days, and it doesn't necessarily, like over in the States, usually you want to play in the morning and not in the afternoon. The afternoon seems like when all the bad stuff happens. That's not always true over there. You can get some horrendous weather in the morning, and then it blows through, and those guys in the afternoon have a break. So having not seen the weather, I'm proud to think that there's people that study it that hard that they work at it that hard i'm not that guy i just took a shot
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh it's interesting here in 2011 it was either that thursday or friday where the morning got hammered by the wind and then dj went out in the afternoon played in nothing and shot like four under and really got himself yep. into the tournament into the finishing t2 right there with phil uh all right woody you already mentioned scotty scheffler go ahead and give us your picks one two
0: three yeah well i'll go scheffler I'm going to go Spieth, and I'm going to go uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick. All right, a couple of horns at the top. Very you're not, nice. uh, you're not yep. switching over. You're not moving to Austin on us, are you? No, I'm not doing that. It's too liberal. Too liberal. <laughs> I don't like Austin. I, I like Texas, but I don't like Austin. Fair enough. Uh, but uh, those are my three, and they're, they're off the chart. All three of them are different as they can be, but I, I think one of those guys might surprise surprises. It might be when we talk the next time, you'll go, Woody, you were wrong this time, and I'll go, yep, won't be my last either, boys, trust me. What do you just covered those Longhorns? What
1: about the OSU guys, especially the ones that you've seen a lot of? You just mentioned Matt Wolf, and obviously Victor Hoblin is a lot of people's favorite this week after I wanted, his win. So give me, I want badly to,
0: Yep. Yeah, I want badly to pick Hovland too, and I picked Fitzpatrick because the European ties, but I wanted Hovland for the European ties. But every time I pull for Hovland, he he doesn't do good. So I figured it's kind of a if. If my guys go in the tank and Hoblin wins, I'm happy. <laughs> so there you go. I I'm love gonna, that. to be a blackball. Yeah, I'm not trying to blackball him. I'm, I, you know, but I love old Victor Hoblin's game. You guys know that. Yep, you yep. guys know And I love Matthew Wolf's game. I, I think both those guys are bulletproof, and I just love the way they play golf.
4: Oh yeah, I couldn't agree with that more, Woody. So if you if you had to if you had to make a bet, you got two Americans and you got one one um international Englishman, would you pick an American yep. to win or an international player? If you had if you had to put your money on it. If you had to put your mortgage on it, which one you picking?
0: Hey, with this golf course, I'd probably go European. I hate to say it, but I'd probably go European. I, I, that's what I'm afraid of is I think they would probably, even though they're not as deep as we are, but they, they play they play these golf courses over there, and this Royal St. George is kind of that way. I mean, it, I think it favors those those guys from over there in Europe uh, more so than a lot of those golf courses do.
1: Woody, real quick, you mentioned the different grasses, and that, that transfers over to the greens as well. Do <laughs> these guys have to change how they putt over there as well with the slower greens than they're used to?
0: No, they really won't very much. They are a lot – they're going to be a lot slower than what we normally put on in the States. But, uh, you know, we're talking about world-class athletes here. They adjust so quickly. Uh, they, I, You know, I don't even worry about anything. When you're talking about a tour pro, you can give them a broom handle or whatever, and they're going to find a way to get it in the hole. So I don't, I don't really worry about it. If they're struggling with that kind of stuff, they're not a tour pro. They're not there, is what I'm going to tell you. Yep. Right, right. Fair enough,
3: Woody. Great stuff, as always. Enjoy Oak Tree, and we'll see how your picks line out.
0: All right. Don't laugh when I end up at the tank, but it, but look out if we win, okay? <laughs> I,
4: I got my keys in my hand. I'm going to the betting booth as we speak.
0: Oh, no, don't do that.
4: Okay,
3: I'll <laughs> see you. Bye.
4: All right, <laughs>
3: That's our man Jim Woodward, joins us before every single major championship to give us his picks, going with a couple of Texas Longhorns this week. Scotty Scheffler, Jordan Spieth, as well as Matthew Fitzpatrick, who was in that playoff last week at the Scottish Open. We're going to go ahead and take our break. We'll be back on the other side. We have so, so much to get into talking Royal St. George's, what went down here in 2011, some favorites this week, some storylines already coming out of Sandwich early in the week. We still got a couple of days, actually, not a couple of days, more like about uh, 36 hours before we get underway at the British Open at Royal St. George's. Stay with us here on the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma.
2: When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McRae Roofing. McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McCray and the experienced team at McCray Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs. McCray Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service, security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McCray Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McCray Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations, It's not just a roof, it is your home's crowning glory. Call McRae Roofing today at 405 692 That's 405 692 Make sure to also visit their website at McRaeRoofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y Roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McRae Roofing for your free inspection today.
3: Welcome back. Rolling along here on the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Colby Powell, Taylor Williams, Sam Humphreys. With you, as we talked about with Woody, the weather always plays a big factor at the British Open. The weather this week, and keep in mind as we say this, this could change. It could change an hour from now. It could change an hour from then, and it could change a lot in the next 24 hours. Uh, Right now, supposed to be about 10 to 15 mile an hour winds. I'm showing north winds at mostly around 13 to 14 miles an hour all day Thursday. But the thing about... The British Open, weather can change in a heartbeat, and it is remarkably unpredictable even the day before forecast. So, uh, I mean, I don't don't know. I'm I'm going to play a lot of different DraftKings lineups this week. It's one of my favorite weeks of the year, the British Open. We haven't had a show, actually, since Taylor and I started doing the podcast a year and a half ago with the British Open because there's been no British Open for two years. So I'll probably play 20 DraftKings lineups this week. I'll have lineups that are specifically tailored to different tea time sections in case the weather gets bad at one or the other. But unless you're doing it that way, I really don't know how you kind of factor it in and try to guess who gets the good draw and who gets the bad draw.
1: So, you're, well, I mean, first of all, that was a great weather report by my guy, Colby England, <laughs> uh, yeah, Gary your, England's gr- long lost grandson. Got Val on the
3: Ginder. Get Val on the Ginder.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> we Oklahomans know our weather. <laughs>
4: We deal with it every year, so Kobes <laughs> just got his expertise. What's the gettner by the way? What know, is the Getner? You've introduced me to the Getner. I don't sure. know.
1: I don't know either, but I'd tornado to coverage a, is so good. I'd love to be a storm chaser. Not not the little nerds that run around at the Thunder game. I'm talking about like an actual storm chaser. <laughs> you, said, you said the
3: little nerds that run around the <laughs> I'm talking about an unnecessary
4: shot. bro. Okay? <laughs> just a drive-by on the
1: storm chasers for no reason.
4: What's wrong with the Storm Chaser, bro? (laughs) They throw you free stuff. They bring (laughs) energy to the building. What's wrong with people that throw you free stuff?
3: They bring energy to the building. No, it's uh, a... Storm Chaser
1: throws me a t-shirt. I'm throwing it back.
3: I don't know. I don't know how much y'all remember about Royal Royal St. George's in 2011. Sam Street in free t-shirts like a home run ball at the Visitor Stadium. Um... Royal St. George's, 2011. I don't know how much y'all remember about that tournament. What I remember most is that Darren Clark seemed like he had it wrapped up unless Dustin Johnson could make a run. And Dustin Johnson tried to make a run. And Dustin Johnson then, on one of the hardest par fives in the world, on the back nine at Royal St. George's, pulled out what was I think a two or three iron and just piped it blocked it way right, out of bounds, had to drop and hit again. I think he ended up making a double on a hole he was trying to eagle or make birdie on, and Darren Clark ends up winning by four shots. Really pretty comfortably made his way to the finish line. So uh, weather definitely played an impact that week, but there's some holes that depending on the wind, there's a few par fours that could get drivable if they're downwind into the wind, they could be driver 7-iron. There's a par 5 on the back that into the wind can't really be reached in 2 by nothing more than maybe a
1: handful of guys in the entire field. So, I'm fascinated to see how this golf course plays. Yeah, and if you remember on Saturday uh, in 2011, Ricky Fowler played one of the best rounds of anybody that day with a 68 when it was just pouring down rain and cold. There's that famous picture of him just in his full rain suit with his mittens on and he's out there shooting under par. Uh, He shot 70-70, 68-72 to finish T-5 that year with Anthony Kim. Third blast from the past. Uh, But let's do a how high real quick. Ooh. Simon Dyson. Oh, man. Simon Dyson. 37. I'm going 49.
4: I'll go right in between y'all. 41. I know that's not directly in between. I was going to say that's
1: not right in between, but we'll roll with it. Simon right, so Dyson. I, I don't know. I, oh, I, I thought you had yeah, no idea. No, but up. he finished uh, he finished uh, T9 that year with Sergio and Davis Love the third. It was a really pretty good leaderboard. You had yeah. Darren Clark, Phil, Dustin Johnson, Thomas Bjorn, Chad Campbell, Anthony Kim, Ricky Fowler, Sergio, and Simon Man, Dyson. Man, we were way down on Simon Dyson.
4: 26th. Really? Wow. Yeah. And, and that, that has to go with the European effect. You win a couple of tournaments over there that can bump you. Over on that river. tour. That tour, as oh, Paul and your Lexus say, yeah. That yeah. tour. I, I got another. How high for you? Okay. The last champion at this course, Darren Clark. Oh, that's a, that's, that's a, good a really one. good one. Um, I already looked it up, so I know the answer.
3: It's a good question. You can go first, Sam. I guess first on the last one. I'll go eleven. Eleven. Darren Clark was really good for a while. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say he briefly cracked the top five and got up to five. Really.
4: Uh, number eight.
1: Right in, right in the middle. Right in the middle.
4: And he okay. was there in July of two thousand and one. Remember Tiger? Or he beat Tiger at the Match Play in two thousand. Yep. that's when Tiger was basically basically start of his peak, essentially. So, was one the of the few people to beat Tiger during that stretch. That well, I work. mean,
1: by the way, Darren Clark. Anytime we get a chance to talk about Darren Clark, what a beauty that guy is. Darren Clark was not a fan of the Hill at Southern Hills. <laughs> 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 he, that. Conor McGregor, fill in my words, Hill was yes. his words. Yes, with the, with the
3: thick <laughs> accent too, cussing about the Hill coming up on 18. That's good stuff from Darren Clark. Uh, I mean, it was a total out-of-nowhere win in 2011. Nobody was expecting that. Also, uh, fun fact, in 2011, Phil Mickelson in one of the rounds, maybe in, maybe the Thursday-Friday rounds, was paired with none other than Anthony Kim. And I saw a great tweet yesterday. It said, if you would have looked at this pairing in 2011 and said that a decade from now, 10 years from now, one of these guys will be retired and the other one will win a major. Yeah, who, I mean, who would you have thought it would be? He would have gone the opposite. And then Kim got the injuries and Phil stayed remarkably healthy and, and won at the PGA. So, I don't know. We got, we got any good feelings about Phil? He was runner-up here last time.
4: Nope. I, I got I got some, I, I don't think Phil can repeat the magic of, of winning by any stretch, but I think he'll be, he'll be up, he'll have a good week, I think. I think top 25 for Phil. Yeah, I, it's weird. Phil, he won the PGA Championship. I think his next best, next best
3: finish on the season is like T21.
4: No, he finished second in the match, Colby.
3: You're right. He he,
1: he and Tom did finish second in the match. I will say this. The last three winners at Royal St. George's, obviously Ben Curtis was a long shot, but he drove the ball really well that week. So did Darren Clark. And then one of the greatest drivers of the golf ball of all time, Greg Norman, uh, won there before that you know, so basically I don't see Phil, you know, driving it well enough off the tee here. And especially on a course where the ball can kind of get away from you in the fairways. I I don't see it. And there's not going to be too much rain this week. So we could see it playing pretty firm.
3: Yeah. And the course is actually playing a hair shorter than it played in 2011. They've brought some of the greens up toward the fairways. And they said that, because I don't know how much people remember about 2011. I've watched some highlights this week and 2011 was very penalizing. If you landed on the wrong slope in a fairway. I mean, and a guy could hit a fairway just down the right center of the fairway. And it could kick 60 yards offline into the really deep hay. Mm-hmm. So what they did this year is they kind of did a graduated rough situation like what Mike Davis brought to the USGA with the US Opens. And they're going to have a first cut. And they're trying to, basically, if you stripe it right down the middle of the fairway, they're trying to make it to where if you hit one of those 45-degree angle slopes and it kicks you 60 yards off, maybe it kicks you 40 yards off and you wind up in the first cut instead of in the hay. And I think that'll be a lot more fair setup. Yeah. Because I do love the rolling hills of Lynx golf.
1: But I, got, I mean, I'm not a fan of somebody piping it down the middle of the fairway and having to hit out a knee-deep hay. Well, I'm and, not a fan of and that. And I'm also not a fan of like when we saw Tiger at Liverpool just playing the whole tournament with an iron. I feel like to be the champion. Golf of the year. You got to be able to hit a driver. And Glory's last shot now. Can you, yeah. say, that,
3: can you say that one more time? Champion Golfer of the year. Fantastic. You so, know, so good. One
4: thing before we get off the Phil track, I will say this. In 34 rounds in open championship play, Phil has gained 1.98 strokes. Um, per round so I mean I think he knows how to necessarily get around the link style of course but like you said Sam the uh, the links course can change from year to year so certain ones may not fit as mold but he did finish second here last time it was yep. so maybe he's got a little bit of magic uh there waiting for
3: well him, so. and I would say it's especially at Royal St. George's a lot of it comes down to around the green play because it's lowest percentage of greens hit in regulation just about anywhere since 2003 only three uh, courses in the Open Rota have yielded a G.I.R. percentage under 56% for the week, and two of them were Royal St. George's. 55% in 2011, 559 in 2003. The only other one's Royal Birkdale in 2008, so it plays very difficult.
1: Um, and I think that that could lend itself to some guys who have the magic touch around the greens. I want to ask you guys about Bryson real quick. And and guys like Bryson, like a DJ or Brooks, w- the, since 2011, the game has—we talk about it all the time—has the distance has grown, and we, we, like you just said, it's actually playing shorter than it did in 2011. With these tw- 10 to 20 mile an hour winds, we might see these guys. Um, on these downwind holes especially, be able to take advantage of this course in a way we weren't able to see it uh, in the past.
4: Well, this is also the first major because, like Colby mentioned, we haven't seen an open championship in two years, so we haven't seen Bryson try his big big Bryson approach on an open championship golf course. So I think that'll be interesting to see. He he didn't
3: bulk up until fall of nineteen.
4: Yeah, so yeah. it was pretty much right after, and so it'll be interesting to see how if how much his strategy changes going into into this week because I know that obviously he him and Brooks especially with what was said um, earlier this week has been uh, at one of the main focal points across. Yeah, the park. and
1: and we'll, it'll be also be interesting to see you know especially on link style courses you know Bryson plays the bomb and gouge game. Well, there's a lot of bunkers around the Greens in Lynx Golf that are just dead, where they aren't like at a Bay Hill, where like we saw Bryson driving it up there next to Greenside bunkers or bunkers that are 30 or 40 yards away from the Greens. Those are absolute hazards out there at the British Open. Uh, and he's definitely got to be careful about putting himself in places where he can't get out of.
3: Yeah, you talk about the bunkers. Uh, in 2011 at Royal St. George's, only 34% of players got up and down out of the bunkers. It was the lowest uh, conversion version right out of the bunkers of any course that was played in that PGA tour season. Oh my. I yep. mean that's
4: crazy. And and also here, we're going back to the, the Bryson point. He's played in three British opens so far. Two missed cuts, next best fit or his only finish other uh, than made cut fifty first. How, so. how, how about how about
3: this? Uh Darren Clark and Ben Curtis each hit into four total greenside bunkers for the week. So that means I mean yep. the 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 blueprint is there. You're allowed one a day. Yeah. You're allowed to get in one greenside bunker a day. You start getting into two to three greenside bunkers a day with how difficult it is to get up and down out of these greenside bunkers, you're totally cooked. And, I mean, we could have a Thomas Bjorn situation like we had in 2011 where a guy walks into a hole at four under and he gets in the wrong spot in a bunker and he walks out of that hole at one or two over. I mean, that's very possible and it's, it, it just throws another wrench in the tire yep. uh, for this tournament. How about this? Colin Morikawa making his Open Championship debut this week at Royal St. George's. By the way, highest-ranked player in the OWGR to ever make their debut at the Open Championship. Didn't have it last year. So now he's the number 4-ranked player in the world going into his Open Championship debut. Any idea, any guesses as to who was the last player to win the Open in his British Open debut? Uh...
1: Was it Ben Curtis? It was Ben
3: Curtis in 2003 at Royal
1: St. George's. I didn't even get a chance to guess.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's a good guess. That's a really good guess. So there's so many storylines going in this week. Uh, You mentioned Bryson and Brooks and kind of the questions that they've gotten already today. And they've they've had some good things uh, to say about each other. And I think that they've, you know, kind of answered those questions. They're probably getting tired of getting asked those questions, honestly. But Brooks this week, uh, I mean... We know Brooks really laces him up and gets after it four times a year, and I have absolutely no reason to believe that Brooks Kepka would not be in contention this week and in one of the final probably three groups on Sunday. And you know
1: he's gearing up for big events, and this is definitely one that he circles on the calendar because he hasn't gotten one yet. And so I think that Brooks definitely wants to put that career grand slam together uh, at the end of his career, and he needs a British Open to do that.
3: Fourth best scoring average at the Open since 2015. Spieth's is the best at 69.5. Five, and then Stenson at 69.6, McElroy at 69.7, and then Kepka at 69.88. That's their scoring averages since 2015 at the Open.
1: Yeah, and we just talked about – you talked about strokes gained approach, basically, where they're not hitting it in greenside bunkers, mm-hmm. and I was talking about strokes gained off the tee, uh, and Brooks Kepka off the tee is gaining .68 off the tee, and strokes gained approach is gaining .79 off uh, – uh, strokes gained approach.
4: Yeah, I mean, if you're going to have to put the ball into into play, because if not, you're going to be hacking from the hay, then you're more likely to put yourself in one of those greenside bunkers, yep. which is essentially if you're getting up and down 37%, you might as well hit it into a water hazard at that point because that's pretty much what the penalty is. And going back to Koepka, um he's since um, – played was well, four finishes yeah because he didn't play in 2016 and didn't have it in 2020 so in his four last four appearances here uh, at the Open has three top 10s and the only other finish was 39th in 2018 which could have been a tee time thing who who really knows so uh, and his last couple of tournaments finished fifth at the Travelers fourth at the US Open second at the PGA really hard really hard to go against Kepka this week so it's uh, and and unfortunately I don't have him anywhere so I bet he he's probably going to end up being the winner in all honesty
3: uh yeah, I I have Kepka in a lot of places I will be littered with Brooks Koepka just pretty much everywhere this week. One guy that I I cannot get a beat on at all is Rory. I, I cannot decide what to do with Rory. Rory has been abysmal in round one of major championships since 2015. Round one of major championships, he's a combined 34 over. Rounds two through four, he's a combined 60 under par. And Rory's been really good. He's been really good across the pond in the Open Championship, aside from Royal Portrush in 2019, which was just a complete disaster and everything exploded. But how about this stat? This is from Justin Ray on Twitter. Rory McIlroy missed the cut last week at the Scottish Open. Eight of the last nine times he's missed a cut worldwide, he finished top 20 in the following start, and in three of his last nine missed cuts in his following start, he won the golf tournament. I don't know what to make of Rory this week.
1: Yeah, I mean, throughout the whole year, what Rory's problem has been, and that throughout the last few years in majors, is he has to get off to a good start because he hasn't been. Nope. You know, and he shoots over 70, I think it, was it Kiowa where we saw him shoot an opening round like 70, and that was his lowest in like five years? I mean, he needs to get off to a hot start on Thursday and Friday because he obviously plays well on the weekend, but he digs himself too big of a hole.
4: Yeah, I mean, you, you look at Rory, and besides the uh... – well, exclu- I'm going to exclude the missed cut in 2019 because it was in Ireland. He had a lot of pressure on him, made an eight on the first hole and ended up missing the cut by one. Um, before that, finished second, fourth, fifth, and first going back to 2014. Did not play in 2015. Remember the infamous uh, soccer or football incident, depending on your terminology, and wasn't able to play the final two majors of that year. And you, go- you look at this tournament, guys besides Tony Fina, who's who's played 16 rounds here, has gained 2.37 strokes per round. Rory has gained the second most of anyone here, 32 rounds, uh, 2.34. So. And
1: just to be clear, that was at the U.S. Open in round one. That was the 70. Okay, gotcha, yeah.
3: By the way, I don't know if y'all remember his round one at Port Rush. I went ahead and pulled up the card because I remember that it was something just weird and wacky happened. He opened with a quadruple bogey eight is what happened, then bogeyed the third hole. So he's five over through three, makes a couple birdies, looks like it might be respectable, doubles the par 3 16th and finishes with a triple on 18th. So he opens with a quad, finishes with a triple en route to a 79. He went 79-65 the first two rounds at Portrush. So I think that that miscut is really misleading at Portrush in terms of how he plays link style golf. He had an 8 and a 7 in that first round. It was a total fluke and, you know, it it
1: was... Northern Ireland, a lot of a uh, lot of pressure. Then he comes back the next day and shoots sixty five. So he I, shot seventy nine sixty five that d- those two days. Yeah. Okay. Well, the first ever British Open uh, held in nineteen or er, eighteen ninety four that was held at uh, Royal, Royal Saint George's, George's. George's. The yep. first, not the first British Open, but, but the, the first, first one, one at Royal Saint George's. Yep. George's. J H Taylor shot eighty four eighty and won by uh, let's see one. Nice. Very, Very nice. Case. So it was an intense competition. <laughs> so Rory would have been the champion then. I would have year. loved to
3: have seen round one Rory go up against, who would you say, J.H. Taylor? Yeah. Uh, absolute bomber. Yeah. Absolute bomber
4: J.H. Taylor was. <laughs> yeah, who, who would have been the longest in that group? It would be tough. Strouss <laughs> gained off the tee absolutely through the roof. By the way, in eighteen ninety-four, everyone
1: that talks about Harry Varden, Harry Varden <laughs> shot 86-86 in that tournament. Baller. Yeah.
3: Baller. I mean, he had That's, enough week. Let's give you wood clubs <laughs> a feather
1: ball and a suit and see how well you shoot. He had, he had enough
3: week. For the record, 86, I don't think, I don't think 386s would have won E-flight in the Washtenaw Valley last weekend. But golf has changed. Yeah. Golf has changed. Very different. Dial game it back. I want to go back be. to
4: these days, guys. <laughs> I want to shoot 86 to win tournaments. H-
3: how about this? So the tournament's being played in England this year, not in Scotland. So who's the low Englishman this year? Fitzpatrick is coming in hot. Tyrrell Hatton is the 10th ranked player in the world. Several Poulter fired the low round on Sunday last week. Uh, several other guys in there. Matt Wallace, my close personal friend. Who, who do we like for low Englishman this week in the home country?
4: Well, I actually Rosie? Ha- I have I have an Englishman as one of my one and done picks and you Ooh. didn't even list him. So hopefully he is him. I'll save him for the rest of the show. But you know who I'm going out with? Gentlemen, The in 2011, Darren Clark won. We didn't expect it coming. He deserved a major, and he got it. I'm going with Lee Westwood. Just a feel-good oh, story. Oh, oh, man. That would
3: be nice. – there would be so many people rooting for
1: Lee Westwood down the stretch on Sunday if that were to happen. I think – I'm gonna go with Rory. If if you remember, I mean, he was the favorite. Rory's Irishman, Irishman. He's Northern Ireland. Find find me an Englishman. Oh, okay. Paul
4: Casey, maybe. You can go go Terrell Hatton, Matthew Fitzpatrick, Casey Fleetwood, uh, Westwood, Rose, Paul, Matt Wallace. You
3: ready for Hatton in majors? So so here's Hatton in non majors. uh, The last two years, this last two years worldwide, Hatton in non majors. Twenty four starts. He's only missed two cuts. Twelve top tens. A sixty eight point nine scoring average. Terrell Hatton in the majors the last two years. Six starts, three missed cuts, zero top tens, scoring average of 73. It, it seems like this course should fit Terrell Hatton. Seems like this style of play should fit Terrell Hatton. Every time he's
1: seated up in a major the last two years, it's been terrible. So I, I don't know... I don't know how to feel about him. That is a good point. I was just thinking Europeans for some reason off the top of my brain. I kind of like Woody's pick of Fitzpatrick this week. Yeah. You know, Data Golf has him at a 75% chance to make the cut. That's pretty good. Uh, and he's only had four rounds uh, negative strokes gained since the Dell Technology match play, which is awesome. And so the last. Let's see, five times he's teed it up. Uh, he's gained more than three shots on the field, and you know, off the tees, gaining over half a shot on the field. So I kind of like Fitzpatrick as well.
3: I think I'm going to... I know I just gave you the Hatton stat. I think I'm going to take a flyer on the fact that maybe this is the week he plays well in a major. It's in the home country. It's it's Link style. I actually think that it would benefit Tyrrell Hatton if the wind got up and the conditions got nasty. We remember he won at the Arnold Palmer whenever it was just a, a few under was the winning score. He He just... He's not afraid to dial it back and pull out a four iron and hit it in the fairway and bring a six or seven iron into the green. I mean, he's he's perfectly okay doing that. So I think if it gets windy, Terrell Hatton could be a contender.
4: I'll, I'll give you two stats that may help or deny your claim there, Colby. So over the last four open championships, Terrell Hatton has two top sixes in there. So one's a, he also has a miscut and a 51st, so he's kind of hit or miss. But he, here's where it kind of gets, it gets down for me. Over the course of 22 open championship rounds – Troy Hatton is one of few players to actually have lost strokes per round. And we're talking, we're going through here. I mean, some of the other names are like Billy Horschel is the only other big name. But you're, you're dealing with David Duvalls, Todd Hamilton, Ben Curtis, uh, John Daly, Mark O'Meara. I mean, you're talking a lot of the older guys who are playing just off of off of their status. And so and a couple of the other bigger names here who people may like, Kevin Stroman, Russell Henley, um, or some other guys up there. So, I mean, just really doesn't play open championships well, Colby. So um, maybe a flyer, but at the same time, I'm going to stick away from Hatton. I think there's a little bit better of value to be had around?
3: Uh, no Fleetwood Love? What about Richard Flynn?
4: Oh, there will be Fleetwood, Fle- Fleetwood
3: runner-up Richard Bland, the forty-eight-year-old journeyman. Any love for Richard Bland? <laughs> I would love to see it.
4: If he, if, if there was a uh, what was it two rounds that he led after? There was two rounds. Two yeah. rounds, Jeff. If he, if there was thirty-six hole trophy like they did in nineteen or eighteen ninety-four, they only had two rounds. If they would have had <laughs> two rounds at the U.S. Open, Richard Bland would have been your your U.S. Open champion.
3: So, yeah, I yeah. think uh, I don't know. Fleetwood hasn't been playing as well lately, but he's usually pretty good at the Open. He uh, he was runner-up to Shane Lowry. Now he was runner-up by six. He was six back
4: of Shane it, Lowry. It, it was a lot closer than that. It, 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 was, it was closer than it, that. It got large as the uh, the last few holes went on.
3: So. Yeah, leaderboard for that is very one side. I mean, he was at, Lowry was at 15. Fleetwood was at nine. Finau was at seven. I don't remember any further back than Kapka that.
4: Kepka was up there, I remember.
3: Yeah, Kepka was in the top ten.
4: Oh, I, wait. I, there I are have, two Sam's that are English. Oh,
3: Westwood finished T fourth. So Did there he? we go. Yeah. Okay, with uh, Kept there you go. Oh,
4: and who finished T six? Ricky Fowler. How about yeah. Ricky
3: Fowler? I mean, Ricky, oh T six.
4: Darrell
1: Ricky has played links really well. Yeah. Y- anybody taking a flyer on Ricky this I, week? I Rick- might. I might take a flyer on him this week. In,
4: in thirty eight Open Championship rounds, Ricky's gained uh, one point nine six strokes. Um uh, per round. So, yeah, I think he has a great chance to play well this week. Yeah, he's been really yep. good.
3: I mean, that'd be a great place for him to break out of his slump. Uh, Bobby Mack, before we really knew him as Bobby Mack, finished T6 uh, at the Open back in 2019. Patrick Reed was in there in yep. the top 10. Reed's another guy that I feel like if it gets windy and it gets nasty, Patrick Reed could maybe uh, maybe be a guy to watch for this week because we know if everybody starts missing greens, I mean, who's better on and around the greens than Patrick Reed?
4: That, no, you're exactly right. And just to go back to the Ricky point, Nine of the last ten opens, he's made the cut. So wow,
3: very yeah. nice, very nice. Also, I don't know if y'all saw this or not. Justine was back on the burner this morning. Oh no, what yeah, happened? I saw it. You did. Justine yeah. was back on the burner. I'll, I'll read the tea time to you. So uh, apparently, just, read the tweet about the, the tea the, time. The tweet, the tweet. This is from at use golf facts on Twitter, which is all but certainly Justine Reed this is the twitter account that was used during the farmers whenever Rory and Reed got into their dust up and we'll talk about that pairing that's going to happen on Thursday and Friday but but here's what we believe is Justine Reed on twitter Says, how many times does at P Reed Golf have to start late early? She's not a fan of the late early start. Not just all the majors, but regular events too. She tags R N A. She tags the P G A Championship. She tags U S Open. She tags P G A Tour. Says his last three majors, he started at four fifteen p m, five fifteen p m, and now three fifteen p m. We need to do tee times by world rank, and if it's a quote unquote draw, let's see it. See is in all caps. Uh, again, allegedly, Justine Reed. What a weird thing to complain about. What a weird thing to do, first of all, is to everyone... tweeting no- from t- the burner?
4: Yeah, what is she doing? From the same burner that they used before? Isn't that yes, the point of a burner. burner is to delete the burner and use it's a got, new burner? It's got 16.4 thousand followers do you, now.
1: Do you think it's still, to like, tweeting off of that? So sh- like, They're like, no, obviously we wouldn't use the same burner. I don't know. Do you think they're trying to, like, reverse psychology it? I mean, it definitely seemed like when it all went down at Tori that that had to have been Justine. What if it's just not? What if it's some random guy? What if it's just, just the just biggest some, Patrick Reed,
3: Reed
4: fan <laughs> in the world? Yeah, the, like the only person in America that, or in, in the world that likes Patrick Reed? I'm not um,
3: friends with a guy out at the Greens who's a big Patrick Reed guy. Thinks he's a gamer. It's probably him. He always says he's a gamer. There you right? go. We, we, <laughs> found <laughs> found it we
4: found out. We found out who runs the burner account.
3: <laughs> There's a handful of people on the planet Earth who think Patrick Reed's a gamer.
4: Uh, by did, the way. Do they not like no, integrity? None of those
3: guys are paired with Patrick Reed this week. This pairing is juicy boys Rory McElroy, Patrick Reed Cameron Smith so Rory and Patrick Reed they had the little deal at the farmers where Rory's ball was stepped on but we didn't know that until Monday and then Justine tried to call it out on Twitter allegedly Justine tried to call it out on Twitter but what <laughs> Off a lot the of the same burner <laughs> but what yeah. a lot of people won't remember is that the President's Cup was played in Australia in 2019 and it was the first event Patrick Reed played after he used his sandwich as a shovel in the waste area at the Hero World Challenge Cameron Smith was asked about it going into the President's Cup just a couple of weeks after it happened, and Cameron Smith said, I have no sympathy for cheaters. I hope the crowd really lets him and all the other Americans
1: have it. I mean, we got Rory Reed and Cam Smith together.
3: This I is juicy,
1: boys. And the crazy thing about Patrick Reed is it seems like every time, you know, it's him against the world, he actually plays well. It, it, it seems like, you know what I yeah. mean? It, it, it's like he has no conscience. It's like the like, final round at Tory. Yeah.
3: Because remember, the, the cheating incident happened in the third round. Exactly. And then he came out and just dusted everybody More on yeah. by Sunday. Or six or
1: whatever. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, I think uh, I'll definitely have Patrick Reed, like I said, I'm submitting like 20 DraftKings lineups this week. He'll probably be in about two of them well, in, in case it gets nasty.
4: Over the course of the last five opens, he's made four or five cuts, and his worst finish of those is 28th. So, I mean, yeah. I think you can expect some pretty decent play for Patrick Reed this week.
3: Yeah, he kind of fits the bill as a creative player. We like to have creative players across the pond. Uh,
1: yeah, So speaking, speaking of burner accounts, I think T Dub was on all of his burner accounts voting for himself Man. on this.
4: There's no way, dude. It's, it was as clear as day that <laughs> I was had the best. Hey, well, was I will say,
1: I, I, I messed up my lineup. I thought about some great great sandwiches later. We didn't even mention Chick fil A.
4: The Chick fil A sandwich is up there. I don't I don't know. Here's the question Chick fil A sandwich or the Whataburger Honey Barbecue Chicken?
3: I, I just want to make it known that I did not have enough characters to type out that my burger was the Garage Burger and that my my sandwich was the Whataburger Barbecue Chicken Strip Sandwich. I did not have enough characters, but I did have enough characters to include that Taylor wanted the In and Out Burger. So I feel like there was an artificial boost from the wording of the tweet. Yeah, yeah but
1: even hey, even excuses, excuses. Yeah, the Philly cheese, hit. the crispy chicken, the chicken bacon ranch. I mean, you dominated right, and it, it showed in the rankings you? and on Twitter I mean, on the Twitter at, I mean, polls. Let me see this percentage. Colby, sixty
4: one. <laughs>
1: Taylor won it wow. at 61%. Colby at 11% was in last. <laughs> I was in the middle at 28%. Last?
4: Colby, you're last, bro. Come on.
1: And and
4: <laughs> Literally, the only good one you got was the Honey Barbecue Chicken Strip Sandwich. And that's because which, you heard us talk which, about it which
3: before. Which, by the way, I had for lunch today, and it was
1: fantastic. It was so good. So good. Everybody's sleeping on it. It's sleeping on it. And you didn't even have the characters to type burger either because... I know. Because I,
3: I, I used 280 characters. That tweet is two. I got down fault. to zero. Because
1: my, my fiance, Reagan, texted me and said, what the heck is a fried egg bacon and tomato sandwich?
4: <laughs> it, it's a BLT. <laughs> so the lettuce for the fried egg, dude.
3: As a sandwich, <laughs> that would not work. No. As a burger... It's really good as a sandwich. Like you can't just throw ham in. It sounds in place like of it's an meat. egg sandwich. It does. It does sound like it's an egg sandwich. Uh, all
4: right. I would have picked you to use poor wording for one of ours, not your own, Colby.
3: Hey, I had to. Uh, I had to keep it real because I know I'm going to dust y'all in DraftKings <laughs> this week. So I had to. Well, you
4: got 25 shots at it. A good God.
3: No, I've, I've only got one lineup for our for our show here. Y'all ready to dive into DraftKings? Let's get to Let's it. it. I've got one lineup. This is my optimal lineup, assuming weather's not a factor. Assuming weather's not a factor, this is my favorite DraftKings lineup. And I'm going to start where I imagined a lot of people would start. I'm going to start down at 6,300 with Sam Burns. He's going to be very heavily rostered. Basically, you have to make the decision. Do you want to roster Sam Burns, who everyone else is going to have, or do you want to take a flyer on like a Jason Scrivener, who's also 6,300, who's a Euro Tour guy? I thought about going the Scrivener route, but the way I set up my lineup, uh, I think I can live with having a guy that's going to be probably 50% owned, even in a small pool. If you're doing like the Millie Maker or something like that, Burns is going to be way high owned. But even in our pool that's got 20 guys, I bet at least 10 will have Sam Burns. But I'm going to go ahead and roster him at uh, 6,300. Taylor, you were second last week in DraftKings Fire away.
4: I'm not going to waste too much more breath. I went with the same thing. 30 34th ranked player in the world, and you can get him at 6,300. I mean, the 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 price is just outrageous. And what did he shoot, I believe 65 or something on the last round at um, at the um, Scottish Open. Yeah, to, he played well at the Scottish to, to get back into not contention, but kind of backdoor uh, a T18 finish. So yeah, I just think the value is too good there, and it allows you to go more top heavy with the lineup. So I don't it, I don't see how you can pass on Sam. Burns. And by the right.
3: way, in the betting odds, I mean, Sam Burns is 150 to one. All the guys he's 150 to one with, Kisner, Harmon, Wallace, Ryan Palmer, all those guys are in the 6,900 to 7,200 range on DraftKings. So just looking at the betting odds as opposed to the DraftKings prices, I mean, he's a good eight to
1: $900 cheaper than all the guys who have the same odds as him to win the tournament. Well, I'm going to go with a guy that I said that I would not pick one more time this oh, year. Oh, you're doing it. I, I am going Daniel Berger. Yeah. He has the best value in the field this, this for this tournament. I mean, I don't understand why he's sitting there at seventy four hundred. Uh, I mean, he's strokes. He's gaining almost half. Uh, a stroke off the tee and .75 approach and gaining over a half on the greens and hasn't shot around negative strokes gain uh, since the Charles Schwab. So, I mean, I don't understand how you could ever go away uh, from Daniel Berger. And then at 7,600, I'm going my winner of the tournament, the champion golfer of the year, Abraham answer. Abraham Whoa. answer, put it mark it down, boys. Abraham answer is going to win this tournament. Ab- so,
3: so hold on, we've had two picks to win the tournament so far. One was by Woody. He picked a Longhorn, and you've got a Sooner. I I thought little Red, I,
1: little red River action going I on. Thought, I thought I thought I was going to go with Hovland, and I and I just can't convince myself. I've been waiting for this tournament to take answer. All year, six top tens, 19 of 23 cuts. He played great the last time he teed it up in the Travelers, shot a 65 in round four. Uh, Off the tee, he's gaining a half a shot. Approach to green, he's gaining half a shot. And, I mean, he's great around the greens. He's actually losing shots. That's surprising. Around the greens, uh, strokes gained. But, I mean, he has one of the filthiest short games you'll ever see. So, there might be uh, some weird weird stats as far as that goes and then he's gaining strokes uh on the greens as well so what i am saying is Abe answered this week you know he has the short game but clearly he has the ball striking to match it up and he's played in win when he was at the university of oklahoma he's used to that and he's a gritty gritty guy you talk about patrick reed being gritty this guy has the same thing he he told tiger woods i want you tomorrow well and, and i and will ask me i don't care well i will say though he played i, I, I do love the
4: intensity he guy. played really,
3: really well at that president's cup aside from singles against tiger tiger got him he played really well in the team portion i think there's some parallels between royal melbourne and royal st george's i really do not just the fact that they both have royal in the name i think fairly similar styles of golf
4: I, I, i'll say this you can get the 22nd ranked player in the world for 7600 sounds like a pretty good deal to me that's the your ol- cheapest option
1: that is Se- my second, second cheapest. Second option. cheapest. Second, okay.
4: And, and so the, the only negative I'll say with the Answer, he's played the Open twice, has not, has yet to make the cut. So if he was going to win, it would be his first made cut at the Open. which can
1: definitely happen. But that so. would be so Abraham Answer though to to go miss cut, cut win. I mean, he wasn't the same Abe Answer the last time they had hundred percent,
4: hundred percent. That President's Cup is kind of what sparked him into yeah. that that. I guess a golf revolution per se. My next pick, guys. I'm not going to waste much breath because y'all just keep copying me. I'm going to go Daniel Berger 7400. I just think the value is just too too good to be there. I mean, he's 7400 and what's his world rank? 16th. I mean, come on. I mean, how can you pass that up? And since his uh, since his miscut at the Ma- or I'm sorry, since his win at the AT and T Pebble Beach Pro Am has only missed one cut in that stretch, which was at the Masters, finished 75th at the PGA, and then finished seventh at the U.S. Open. So didn't play the majors very good at the start, then started playing a little bit better and has been playing a little bit better. So I just think the value is just too good there at 7,400.
3: Yeah, I, uh, the only reason I'm not playing Burger, I typically don't play guys who played the John Deere the week before. I've got six guys in my lineup who were already over there. So I don't have any John Deere guys. That's probably the only reason I'm staying away from Burger. Also, the way I, I set up my lineup, I kind of did uh, studs and duds this week with some cheap options and some expensive options. So my second cheapest on DraftKings, I'm going to go 6,400 Marcus Armitage. Marcus Armitage is an Englishman. He's coming off a win five weeks ago at the Porsche European Open on the Euro Tour. Made the cut the last two weeks at the Irish and the Scottish, but didn't contend at either one, which I like. And he's mega cheap at 6400 Really good iron player, so he's probably uh, going to do better if it's a little more calm or he can take more direct aim. So I'll go with Marcus, Ar- Marcus Armitage at 6400 Then my next one's another Euro Tour guy, and I love, love, love every bit of this pick coming into this week. Probably my favorite actual value pick in my lineup. That's Lucas Herbert at 6,800. Lucas Herbert, the last four times he's teed it up. T18 at the Memorial, T19 at the Travelers. He goes back to Europe. Two weeks ago, he wins the Irish Open. Last week, finishes T4 at the Scottish. One shot out of that three-way playoff. Lucas Herbert at 6,800, I think, is phenomenal value. And he's a EuroTour guy that maybe not as many people know about. So you can maybe get him a little lower owned. But he's playing great golf right now.
4: Yeah, I agree, Kobe. I, I think he's 49th in the world, and you can get him for sub, uh, uh, sub seven thousand. So I think that's really good value. My next step, my next pick, guys, is going to be a complete shock to y'all. I've never picked him before in oh, can any I guess, draft. Can Kings, I guess? Uh, you, sure, you sure can. You'll waste your breath. See Bizzle. See Bizzle. See Bizzle. The only thing to go against C. Bizzle played the British Open one time, twenty nineteen, missed the cut but also one appearance you don't know. and Also, I, he's a
3: lot better than he was in 2019. A, lot, a bet, lot better.
4: And I, I'm just scrolling through here, and I'm trying to find a miscut, and I, I can't find it. I mean, I'm, I'm literally searching. This is trying to find a needle in a haystack. Oh, last miscut, the 2020 PGA Championship, at uh, which was at Harding Park. So almost a year ago since he's missed a cut. So if he is going to miss a cut, it'll probably be the first time in the year this week, Sam. So.
1: Well, then I am going to go with, we just talked about him, at 7,800 Cam Smith. I really like him this week week, and hopefully that group gets the this good week? mojo. Is there any
4: week you don't like
1: it? Every week. <laughs> I, I love Cam Smith every week. I've been riding... Uh, on the Cam Smith train the whole year and you know what I mean I, I I don't think it's it's time to get off this week I mean Cam Smith if you look at the stats on the year obviously big time player and big time events uh, and his putting stats this year are by far actually double uh, the best of his career before this point and his strokes gained approach and off the tee are great and around the green they're pretty solid as well so I mean I think Cam Smith at 7800 I think he could contend and win I mean five top tens 14 to 17 cuts 7800 that's too low for Cam Smith. Uh, another guy week. who
3: played well at Royal Melbourne on that International Presidents Cup yeah. team in 19.
1: Yeah, and, and the last time he played in the US or in the uh, British Open he shot a 66 in round 2 at Royal Port Rush. Uh, and then so that means that I am going up to 8800. And I'm picking Patrick Reed. I have to throw Patrick Reed in there this week. I mean, he's too good, too gritty. And if the weather gets dicey and in the wind and around the greens, and people aren't going to be hitting greens. um I got to pick Patrick Reed this week. I, I really like his chances, and especially uh, on those greens where a lot of guys are going to struggle making putts. I, I like Patrick Reed's chances because he rolls it pure than anybody on tour.
3: Well, and on those really tight lies, greenside, it's a huge advantage to play the ball up a grip. Mm-hmm. So that's
4: really, <laughs> yeah. really bodes well. Really bodes <laughs> well for Patrick <laughs> Reed. Yeah. And I, I agree that I, I think the short game <laughs> will play such a – gosh, dang it, Colby. Uh, <laughs> a, a short game will play such a problem, but with the stat that you mentioned, Colby about being 31% or whatever it is out of bunkers. The fact of, I don't know if Reed's a good enough iron player for 72 holes to control not getting in some of those bunkers. Yeah, you might be right. Because I know that whenever we did our player profile before Sam joined us, Patrick Reed's worst year was when he was worse out of the bunkers, and so I know that that's a huge part of his game that he relies on, so if he gets in bunkers where they're damn near impossible to get out of, it could be advantageous for him because then he's getting up and down when other players aren't, but if he's putting himself in that spot more often than other players are, then it can be detrimental. Real
1: quick on that, I mean, there's bunkers, uh, especially on this golf course, where it doesn't matter how good of a bunker player you are. You're not getting out of there unless it's backwards.
4: It's almost like you have to have the discipline too, like you said, either hit it backwards or hit it 50 feet away from the hole just to make sure you don't make the double
1: or you can Bobby Jones it and rip up your scorecard.
4: And Just walk off the court. Man, what's, <laughs> man, you you and just shots at the old guys, man. Come on. Sam, gosh darn it. Sam, right. Sam too, is what, the too soon? Sam is, Sam is officially <laughs> in <the> ages. <laughs> too
3: soon. I'm, wor- I'm worried that Sam's opinion of Taylor and I is going to go down when we turn 30. <laughs> yeah, probably, oh, yeah. We're, we're That'll gonna, be great. Oh, I love that. We're going to turn 30 and
4: Sam's going to be like, well, I'm doing a podcast <laughs> with a couple of dinosaurs now. <laughs> well, it'll happen, it'll happen to Colby before me, so I got that yes, going for yes. me, so that's good. So, my next pick, we talked about him a little bit earlier. Just the value, I just think, is is. Match 20th player 20th ranked player in the world 7900 Matty Fitz also one of Woody's picks. I just finished second last week his conservative par. Got him a good check, but not a win at the uh, Aberdeen Scottish Open. And hasn't been playing well throughout the, throughout the rest of this year. And the only thing that really concerns me is that he has played the Open four times. His best finish is only 20th and only, has only made two of four cuts. So not really the best Open player per se. Maybe that could be because he puts a little bit too, more, too much pressure on it. But I think he's playing so good now that I'd be completely shocked. But... Besides with the weather, if he misses the cut, for yeah,
3: sure. I uh, I like the Maddie Fitz pick. I just, I don't know. I think that uh, he'll be heavily owned as well coming off the good play last week. And I don't know if y'all noticed, but I picked three guys at 63, 64, and 6,800. So I'm skipping the sevens, I'm skipping the eights, I'm skipping most of the nines. My next most expensive is at 9,700. It is my pick to win the the golf tournament. It is Jordan Spieth. I absolutely think he will win the tournament this week. He's got a great British Open track record. Last five appearances starting at 2015 working toward us. 4th, 30th, 1st, ninth, and 20th. And he is probably playing the best golf right now that he's played since he won the Open in 2017. Going back to the match play, he only has three finishes outside the top 10 in eight starts. Only one outside the top 20. That was the PGA Championship. His strokes gain numbers through the roof. He's creative around the greens. He, he can put the greens really well over there. Jordan Speed is my pick to win the golf tournament. I will have a ton of exposure to him at 9,700 in a bunch of lineups. So love him there. Uh, my next pick, I'm bumping up to 10,000. A guy who'll be pretty, pretty highly owned. But I look at Royal St. George's, I've been watching live from, watched some highlights from 2011. There are so few flat lies. At Royal Saint George's, you're going to be hitting with the ball above your feet, below your feet, up slopes, down slopes. You're you're going to have to be able to control your ball whenever you're not just hitting from a driving range lie with a perfectly flat lie. What are the two courses that Xander Schauffele plays best?
4: Kapalua and East Lake.
3: Uh, Kapalua and East Lake. You could also argue Augusta. He's never won at yeah. Augusta, but he's been really successful at Augusta. Places that have very uneven lies. Mm-hmm. Xander is a good ball striker off of uneven lies. Playing good golf, uh, going back to the match play. One miscut at the PGA. Other than that, no finishes worse than 18th. A couple of top 10s in there. Uh, he's got the runner-up finish in 2018 at the British Open. The other two made cuts, a 20th and a 41st. So I like Xander this week. Again, I talked about it yesterday. Don't think he's going to win the golf tournament. Not going to bet him as an outright, but I'll have a lot of exposure to him on DraftKings.
4: Yeah, I, I just I, I agree with you. I think he's going to have a good week. Ten thousand steep price. So I'm going to go with. I'm. I know I'm going one. Then Sam's got two more. But I got the two top balls or two top strokes gained players in the world over the last six months. Uh, one of them you already copied me, Colby. Ninety seven hundred Jordan Spieth. I just, you copied me. I gave mine first. Well, that's that's, that's that, how it works. That's that's fair. <laughs> but but you know I, I will say this about Spieth. Not only. Does, has he been playing well? He has not missed a cut in the, in the British Open. I mean, since he's finished 44th and 36th in his first two, since then he's gone 4th, 30th, win, 9th, and 20th. So just not only been playing well, but has been playing, but plays Open championships well. And just for that testament, over 28 rounds, Speeth is gaining 2.28 strokes uh, per round. So I really like Spieth this week.
3: Well, and, and also just real quick, Speeth, you know, he was the main storyline on the PGA Tour for like two months. And then he won at Valero, and it's like he's kind of gone under the radar since, but it's not because he's been playing bad golf. It's because there have been other major storylines. Rom at the Memorial. Brooks Bryson's been a huge storyline. Phil won the PGA. Rom wins the U.S. Open. There have been so many other big things going on in the game of golf. We've totally ignored for the last two months the fact that since the win at the Valero, Spieth hasn't hoisted another trophy, but he's been playing just as good a golf, if not getting even a little bit stronger. So I, I just think he's peaking this week.
1: Yeah, I'm going at 9,100. I mean, you have to pick this. This guy this week in my opinion to at least in your DraftKings kings or your one and done or something whatever game y'all are playing you got to put victor hovland in your lineup eight top 10 seven, 17 of 19 cuts he's been the most solid player on tour this year other than john rom and it, when i look at his stats off the tee he's gaining almost a full shot and approach he's gaining 0.8 uh so i mean th- this week i mean i guarantee you uh that Victor Hovland will make the cut and play well this week. I, I, that would be a best bet of mine for him to finish top twenty this week. Uh, I just don't see him, you know, come especially coming off his good play, um, you know, at um, over in Europe. What which tournament was it? Was uh, it he, the won Duty in, he, Free, he won in Munich? Munich. Okay, yeah, he that's won right. in
3: Munich. I can't remember it was.
1: BMW International. BMW International. That was three
3: weeks ago, I think. Yeah, Scottish was last week, Irish the week before, and then he won three weeks. And
1: I also like that he's been over there for a while getting his body acclimated. I I think that that's a good good play by him. And then obviously he just didn't feel like, you know, playing last week, which is fine with me, whatever, get you ready. And then my top pick this week, obviously I went a little more middle Loaded for this uh, British Open this week. I'm I'm going with the guy that has been the most solid uh, major player so far this year. I'm going top or I'm going Louis Oosthuizen. Five top tens, fourteen of fifteen made cuts. You know, I I last time the Brit they played the British Open in 2019. Uh, he shot a uh, 69 in round four at Royal port rush. And that was gaining five shots on the field. I mean, this guy comes to play in big events and he's really been playing well lately other than the BMW where he didn't play great last week. That doesn't bother me. Cause like I said, getting your body acclimated over there, he just got over there. But before that BMW, he hadn't had around sh- uh negative strokes gained since the Valspar. I mean, that's some really, really solid golf by Louis used And he, listen to this stat boys uh in 2021 he's gaining a full shot on the field 1.04 strokes gain putting uh, his best year ever putting before that was 2017, and that he was only gaining 0. .44. Last year, he was gaining 0. .38. So he has almost tripled his best, uh, or he's doubled his best uh, and tripled his average. I, on, yeah, I like putting. all
3: those things on Louis. I'm going to play devil's advocate on Louis just for a second. Okay. Louie is a great St. Andrews player. Yeah. He is not a good open championship player. His two finishes at St. Andrews, first and second. Here are his other finishes since 2009 in the open. Missed cut, 54th, 19th Withdrew in 2013. Don't remember what that was about. 36th in 2014, 2016 and 17, both missed cuts. 28th in 2018, 20th in 2019. So I think something's got to give. Louis playing unbelievable golf. You could argue the best golf of his career, but outside of St. Andrews, he doesn't play well in the open. So something's got to give here. I think it's a, a coin flip whether Louis trying to win that second major again on Sunday, uh, or whether he's kind of petering to a, a T-48.
4: Yeah, I mean, he finished second in two of the other majors, P J Championship, U.S. Open, so maybe he keeps that streak going along. Yeah, yeah. I,
1: I'm going more current for him, just yeah. for me. And then, like I said, last time they had the British Open, he didn't play bad. He, he made no, he the finished cut and finished 20th. Yeah. So.
4: Yeah, no, it's not like he's a complete bum if it's not at St. Andrews, but he definitely plays a lot better if it was at St. Andrews for sure. My next pick, most expensive, best been the best player in the world for the last how many ever months. I can't go wrong with John Rahm. The only way he doesn't win is if he gets COVID on Saturday and they make him withdraw.
3: So. <laughs> and the odds yeah. of that are uh, pretty slim, I would say, at this point. My most expensive, I told you earlier, I love him. If Spieth, if Spieth or Rahm don't win, uh, this guy's going to win. Brooks Kepka, 10,700. Uh, Brooks Kepka is going to be in a ton of my lineups. I'm using him all over the place and not even just DraftKings, a bunch of different pools that I'm in this week. Uh, this will by far be my most wagered tournament of the season. I, I love wagering on the open because you can get so creative with what you want to do with tee times and weather and who's grouped together and, course, does it get windy? Does it play calm? You can just do so many different fun things. Uh, So I will, I will gamble more on this tournament than I do any other tournament all season. And a bunch of that will include Brooks Koepka. So hopefully he has a good week. Ten thousand seven hundred. That is my most expensive option. Y'all went a little more middle. I went studs and duds. I went six thousands and ten thousands pretty much. So, and I don't know what the right, what the right uh, theory is. I guess that's for the listeners yeah. to decide for
4: themselves. I I don't know. Majors give you a lot more volatility than some of the other tournaments because you can you can go like I said, you can go middle middle loaded or you can go very top heavy. The thing is, I think with majors, it's a lot easier to get all six to the weekend if you have a little bit more middle lineup because you can find like the Daniel Berger, seventy four hundred, who's sixteenth ranked player in the world. You know, you get you find value like that.
3: Yeah. I would say that y'all probably just statistically more likely to have six for six cuts, and then I'm probably more likely to have have a winner just because I rostered Kepka, Xander, and Spee. So three of those bigger names as yeah, opposed to so in the it's middle Yeah, so it's basically,
4: there. would you rather have Kepka and Xander or would you rather have Ron? So I mean you got you got two yeah. darts at the yeah. one or I can but like I said I got a little bit more middle loaded lineup you know? yeah. instead of using um, who are your two other who are your two foreigners like, you like Lucas Herbert and who's the uh, other Lucas
3: ones? Herbert and then I had uh, Marcus Armitage Mar- in here
4: yeah so you are going with those guys and we both have Sam Burns or you could go up with like I did Sam, um, C Bizzle and Daniel Berger yeah. so it kind of depends on what taste you want
3: and so. I was I was really I debated a long time between Marcus Armitage and Jason Scrivener who's a hundred dollars cheaper at sixty three hundred both. Good Euro tour guys. It's just, you know, with this tournament, it's top 70 in ties, make the cut, and there's no MDF. So, everybody, I mean, if 92 guys make the cut, and 92 guys play on the weekend. But it's so hard to differentiate. I mean, these guys in the 6,000s, half of them are going to make the cut. You, you just have to guess on the right half. And, you know, whenever it gets down to making those decisions, sometimes there's just one little deciding factor. Eventually, you just got to pull the trigger. We want to go one and done next or best bets next? Call Let's it. Let's go Sam. one and
1: done. Let's go one and done. Uh, who had the highest pick player last week? Was it Taylor? It's usually Taylor. Even though it was two and done, uh, or it's two and done this week. Uh, three uh, and done. Who do we have? We'll call it Our, two and three. Yeah.
3: Are we picking a tournament for the opposite field? We are on the website. Okay, I'll I'll pick one for the website later in the week. I'm I'm not giving one out on the show. I haven't looked at the field at all. All right. Yeah. Uh, Who won last week? I don't even know. I had Zach Johnson. had a decent finish. Oh, I had
1: Russell Henley. Taylor had
3: Henley, was probably.
1: Yeah, I had Doug Gim.
3: Gim, I think Henley was the highest finisher, and then Gim. Uh, actually I think Gim and Zach Johnson tied with okay. vastly different Sundays. But so we'll go gotcha. Taylor, Sam, and then I'll will round it out. All right, All right, so
4: you should I give both picks or just one and we'll snake it? Uh, or...
3: just give one and we'll snake yeah. it. Yeah.
4: All right, so we mentioned it earlier when we were talking about Europeans. I'm gonna go with him. I picked him the last couple times that the that the open championship was held, and I'm sticking with him. Give me give me Fairway Jesus Tommy Fleetwood.
3: Ooh, okay.
4: I mean, you he, he missed his first three cuts in open since then has finished 27th, 12th, and 2nd. So you know what happens, guys? That's improved. So you know what happens when you improve from second, you win. So hopefully that happens, and I just I, I think that he just plays this tournament well. So I think a best bet of mine would be a Tommy. You mentioned a uh, Hovland top twenty. I think Fleetwood top twenty might be able to get some better odds, and I think that that's it's likely to happen in my opinion.
3: Now let me ask you this: if he improves from second to second, but he loses by three instead of six, would you still be okay with the second place 100%. prize money? fantastic especially
4: if my other pick wins
3: especially that'd be that'd be a really good week especially since we're, so for those who don't know we're in this big website pool that's season long uh, there's a little bit of money on the line there's like 120 people in this pool taylor's currently in first so first and second this week would go a long way towards solidifying that as we head down the stretch how much of the you get season. paid for
4: that it's a uh,
1: cup few hundred yeah
3: decent little chunk of change in there so Sam fire out your first first pick
1: all right well I haven't used him all year I might as well use him this week I got to go with Justin Thomas and, and I look at his stats I mean last year or the last time they played the British Open in 2019 uh, he gained almost two shots every single round made the cut played well uh, at the Open championship Last time uh, they played it in 2019. And then uh, I saw this interesting. It, it, it really interested me. You know, he's been on a little bit of a slump, but he, around the green, he is by far the best of his career. Uh, and strokes gained approach. I mean, while he's, you know, normally above gaining or normally gaining more than a shot on the field. Uh, he's still right in that area at .88 uh, shot, uh, strokes gained approach on the field. And then off the tee, you know, he's still gaining .37. So even though he's been in a little bit of a slump, he's still won the players this year. And I think that maybe this, he could break out this week.
3: I don't know how big of a believer in the honeymoon effect you are. He's been struggling with the putter, and it yep. is gone. New putter this week for okay. JT. He's used, the we fut- He's used the Futura pretty much his entire professional career. He's switching to a phantom this week. A little bit different head, a little bit different weight, a little bit different feel. Uh, also, another putting change that we should make note of. You remember Xander at the U.S. Open just up and decided to do arm lock one day? That's gone. No more arm lock for Xander, which I like a whole, whole lot uh, this week because I, I was not a fan of him. With the- you he, d- he didn't look comfortable with it at all, so I was pretty much out on that. Uh, all right, here he is. I told you, I'm exposed to him everywhere. I've already used Spieth, so I can't use him this week. But I will be using Brooks Kepka in the one and done. You have to use Koepka a major. I mean, he tells us over and over again, I only care about the majors. So I'm not going to run him out at a tournament that he doesn't care about. This is my last chance to run him out at a major, so I will do so. And then snake around and give my next pick. This pick is very much a, uh, a golf gods pick. The golf gods really owe this guy one. How about Adam Scott? Okay. How about, how about the Australian Adam Scott, who has had multiple chances to win this golf tournament, hasn't quite been able to get it done. He's putting as well as he's putted in a long time. It's basically, Adam Scott this season is bizarro Adam Scott. His ball striking stats are way down. Putting stats are through the roof. I don't know. On on these courses over there, I think maybe he figures it out this week. And I wanted to save some other guys. I've still got DJ, Xander, Rory. Those are guys I want to save for the playoffs. There's still big money to be made in the FedEx Cup playoffs. So I'm going to save those guys for the playoffs. Run out Kepka and Adam Scott this week. Who's your second one, Sam? Or Tyler, I was going to
4: say one thing about Adam Scott. Over the course of uh, the data golf analytics, we have uh, Adam Scott in 36 rounds has gained 2.06, oh, 2.06 strokes per round. Only four have been better than that. That includes Stinson, Speeth, Rory, and Finau. So I like that.
1: Great stat, Taylor. I like that too. And I will obviously always be rooting for Brooks Kepka. However, this week I'm going a little bit more of a long shot on the one and done, my champion golfer of the year, Abraham Answer. And you know, I, I talked about him, and I, I just have a weird feeling that Abe Answer is going to win this week.
3: It's it's one of those things. I really like Abe Answer. I always do, but. I, I would have a hard time seeing a guy win a major before he wins a tour event. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. Had Ben Curtis ever won a tour event? No. Seems like probably not.
1: No. I mean, no, it, yeah. it, it happens.
3: Like, it's hard to predict. If you nail it, good for you. It's just I don't uh, I don't have the cojones to step out there and, and pick a guy to get his first win at a major. But if it happens, it'd be unbelievable. I know you guys
1: played well last time. Anthony Kim. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very
4: yeah and, true. and also too, Ben Curtis wasn't the twenty second or whatever Abraham answer is ranked player in the world. Right, so, right. So, yeah. lo- ben, lo- ben
3: Curtis was five hundred to one. Abraham answer is like forty to one.
4: Just just a little difference in that. As payout, especially in Vegas. Um, my, my next pick, guys, guy that I think I think in our on our twenty twenty one preview show, I actually predicted him to win the tournament. And I didn't think that I would have him available for the one and done, but I'm gonna stick with him. Went through a stretch there after he had the dehydration problems, had had a lot of missed cuts. But since then, finished twenty third PGA, wow. finished second at the memorial. He got a trophy, but he finished second. Um, fifteenth and thirteenth in his last couple bits. Give me uh, give me Cantley.
1: I, I like that pick. I,
4: I think that in 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 two open appearances, he's made the cut both times. Finished twelfth back in twenty eighteen. So I think that he just got the type of game to do kind of like what we were talking about earlier, where you can miss the bunkers and miss the penalty areas. Use that course management, game management. I really like Cantlay's chances this week.
3: I think uh, I think Cantlay's, Cantlay's a guy I like if it's calm. If it gets windy, I don't know something about. I just feel like he's very much uh, technical and swing thoughts. I mean, he stands over the ball for a long time. I like him if it's calm. If it gets windy, I don't know how he fares in that. I don't know, but uh, hopefully, well. I mean, you never know. I mean, I, the weather—it's—it's it's a total guess. If you want to look, I will be up at midnight tomorrow, submitting a slew of DraftKings lineups uh, as late as I can before the weather changes. But I mean, if you want to do that, great. If not.
4: Throw it out and hope for the best. That's kind of kind of what you do at the British Open. And here's to put a little perspective on the tee times. First tee time um, for us is twelve thirty five Central Time, so that's as, that's just after midnight. The last tee time is at ten sixteen our time. <laughs> Nine hours yeah. of tee times. Well,
3: because they don't go off of uh, they don't do one and ten at the Open. Everybody no. tees off one, mm-hmm. which I kind of like. Well, they got enough daylight where they can do it because yeah. it's so far north. Yeah, it doesn't get dark till. 10, 10 o'clock, 10.30, yeah. something like that. So, plenty and, of time.
4: The re- the reason it could be further north and not be so cold has to do with ocean currents. So, in yeah. case anyone was wondering. And if you're
3: so. wondering, I looked it up earlier. it's uh, They are six hours ahead of us. So, if 10.16 is the last tea time, central time, that means 4.16 local time will be the last time that somebody goes off. Uh, so, 4.16 local, if, even if they played in five hours, they're still down at 9.15. Gives them plenty of time. Uh, by the way, best bets, I actually just checked Abe Answers odds. I just threw out 40 to 1 off the top of my head. 80 to one hey, a yep. 80 to I one that's it. your
1: best bet that's what i'm doing right okay. now
3: i like it i like that bet um if you want to go down and find a triple digit odds guy don't call me crazy it's a little crazy if if jason day feels good this week he's playing good golf He's a veteran. He he fits kind of in that window. The Open is more susceptible to veterans than any other uh, any other tournament over the last two decades. Uh, I believe the average winner of the Open is playing it for his twelfth time. Uh, the average age of the winner over the last couple decades is thirty five. Next highest is thirty one. Um, so I, I like a veteran in Jason day who I could think could get it done this week at a hundred to one. If you believe in the golf gods, Adam Scott is 110 to one, but the actual guys down lower that I'd be willing to run out. I would absolutely run out Rory McIlroy at 25 to one and Dustin Johnson at 25 to one. Those to me aren't even like, let's analyze it and let's see how they're playing. Those to me are blind plays. Anytime I get Rory and DJ at 25 to one, I mean, these are guys who when they're playing well. They're eight to one and nine to one guys. I'm getting Rory and DJ both at twenty five to one. I'm doing it right now, so I don't forget. I'm I'm gonna play both these guys this week at twenty five to one.
4: Yeah. If if you have a chance, Kobe, look up. You talk about golf gods. Well, we got Lee Westwood's odds at. Oh, Lee Westwood. All right, let me. I got an interesting uh, feeling about Westwood. Interesting. You got your best bet, Sam. You got some. Yeah, I got. I got.
1: I got an interesting one 70, because it's Taylor t- seventy okay. to one on Westwood. Okay. Not, not high. I, I got an interesting uh, matchup bet here because I put both these guys in my DraftKings lineup. You can actually get Victor Hovland as an underdog to Louis Ustazen. Really? Yeah, I like at that. plus 105. I mean, it, it is an underdog that's, a really, underdog. that's a
3: really good matchup, though. Holland-Ustaysen, yeah.
1: that's a that's a really tough one to predict for and, the week. And I also kind of like speeth as an underdog at plus 125 over Shoffley.
4: I do, too. Okay, yeah, at plus 125?
1: Yeah. Boy, that shows you they're pretty high on and, Xander. And,
4: if they were even money, I, w- I wouldn't do it, but and plus 125, I, And
1: yeah. if you like and think that Dustin Johnson is eventually going to play some good golf and come back, you could take... Dustin Johnson at plus one sixty five over John Rom.
4: Plus one sixty five. Wow. I do not like that.
1: Okay. I think Rom. I, I, I think Roms I just thought it was interesting. A, that yeah. Yeah. You can Once get it, DJ that big of an underdog. Yeah. Right?
4: Who, who else is he going to go against? Where you get plus one sixty five? Unfortunately, against yeah. the guy who's been playing the best in the world for however long now. So. Yeah.
3: I mean, Rom's been on an absolute heater. If he puts well at all, I think he probably wins the tournament. Now we don't know if he'll put
4: well. Puttings. Puttings. One so of those things
1: that it's very week to
4: week, day to day. If DJ was plus one sixty five, what was Rom minus two hundred?
1: Rom, well, sorry, I scrolled back down. Give me one second, second, I mean, I'm would've... just
4: curious as to because because it always has to be lower. So I mean b- because the odds work out like that. So he has to be at least minus one eighty. Dustin
1: Johnson was uh, plus one sixty five. Yep, Rom was minus one ninety five. Minus
4: one ninety five. Yeah, good so you, call. So probably. you got you got a bet. You got a bet to essentially two hundred to win a hundred. Yep. Rom
1: so. uh, against Rory minus one eighty. You can get Rory at plus one fifty. Uh, and then DJ versus Kepka, that's pretty interesting. You can get Kepka almost to even money versus I like DJ. Kepka. Yeah, I, like, I Kepka. like
3: Kepka in that one as well. It's, the Rom thing right now is fascinating because he is so, so heavily priced in every market. DraftKings, betting market, all over the map. He's so heavily priced. He's kind of at the pricing now that DJ was at in the fall. Yeah, it, well, I mean, and it's they're pl- like they playing very similar. Yeah, yeah, it is like they flip flop. Rom was, I mean, Rom was good in the fall too. He won the playoff event over DJ in the playoff, made the bomb. Uh, DJ won the other two playoff events and won the Masters. It's it's like they flip flop. John Rom playing the best golf of his career, and DJ's just kind of. I mean, he's not. He hasn't been terrible. He's just kind of been m- middle of the pack, average.
1: Here's one more of my best bets: Victor Hovland versus Terrell Hatton. You can get Victor Hovland at plus one twenty. Okay. I like that too.
3: Uh let me ask you both about a guy we have not talked about at all today. Don't think his name has been mentioned in the last hour and 15 minutes. Colin Morikawa. I think we mentioned his name when we talked about him being the highest ranked to make his debut. Colin Morikawa
4: this week? Chances? I mean none of us none of him have none of us have him rostered. I'm I'm going to say this. I'll say Normally, I wouldn't even like a, a first-timer playing in the Open. Obviously, this is a, a weird scenario because of the two-year gap. The reason I like Hovland a little bit more than Morikawa is just because, obviously, Hovland won over there three weeks ago and also has more experience playing in those conditions. Morikawa's first event over there finished 71st last week at the Scottish Open. Before that, had been playing marvelous golf. I just I, I think he'll have a solid week, but I definitely wouldn't put any money on him to win for sure. Yeah, I think
3: uh, if I could get a Morikawa-Hovland... Matchup bet, I think I would bet Morikawa in that just my one hesitancy with Hovland is he just hasn't been great teeing it up in majors. His his best finish at a, as a professional at a major was the U.S. Open in 2020 at Wingfoot. He finished T13. His other finishes: 2020 PGA T33, the Masters this year T21, PGA T30, U.S. Open this year at Tory was the WD he had sand in his eye. Uh, he was over par, probably wasn't going to make the cut anyway. Morikawa, on the other hand, he is a big game hunter. He won the PGA. We know that this year T18 at the Masters t eighth at the PGA t fourth at the U.S. Open. I I like the big game hunters four times a year and more. Kawas seems like he's trying to establish himself as that. I agree, and I mean, like
1: we said, ball strikers paradise out there. So
3: I think he's another guy that really benefits if it's
4: calm.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I
3: more mean, his, his so. iron play is such a bigger advantage when it's calm because when it's calm, he can hit a hundred and ninety yard shot to.
4: 14 feet, where everybody else is going to be hitting it to 26 feet. If it's windy, they're all going to be missing great. The problem is if it, if it becomes too calm, it turns into a putting contest, like Ber- right. Brandon Gray 62, Yeah, you know, they had yeah. a couple years that's ago. True. So, if it gets too calm, it turns into that. So, we, that's hopefully that doesn't happen because, like you said, Kobe, they shorten the course anyway. So, if you get five mile an hour wind out there, I mean, those guys are going to shoot five or six under no matter what you do. Yep. So.
3: Alright, here's our plan for the week. We'll be back on Friday. We usually do a halfway show for the majors. This one will by far be the best halfway show because we can start ripping off a halfway show at about 2 o'clock in the afternoon and you all can have it by the time you're off
1: work on Friday. And so. Craig Humphries will be joining us. Oh, huh,
4: man. Yes, sir. One thing I want to do before we leave, this will be fun. We do it every week, but this is funny because there's two events. Um, what do you all think the strength to fill the Open Championship is?
3: Oh, man. Through the freaking roof!
1: My goodness. Actually, there's oh. been some withdrawals. So it might yeah, not...
4: I, I, I want I'll list off that before we go. Hideki, twentieth ranked player in the world, is is not playing. Sung J M, Kevin Na, Matt Wolf, Siwoo Kim, Bubba Watson, K H Lee, Zach Johnson, Ryan Moore, Danny Lee. Those are your notables that that are not playing for travel restrictions, is what a lot of them. I'm going
1: eight fifty two.
3: Uh, I think it'll be. I think it'll be a sh- well. I don't know a lot of euros in this field. I'm gonna go eight ten. You were really close to him. Eight sixty three.
4: 863. Oh, 863. There we go. That's stacked. But here here's even it, without all those guys, it, yeah, it, I know. It, here's why I think it's funny. Because we mentioned there's another tournament going on. Yes. Another it, this is a PGA sanctioned event. Barbasol championship. Barbasol. I didn't know if it was Barracuda or Barbasol. I think it's I think it's Bar- I think this is a Stableford one too, isn't it? I have no I th- idea. I don't know. I went with the most picked guy just since I'm leading the one and done, I'll go ahead and say it. I picked Luke List in there just because okay. I think he's gonna be the most owned and played well last week. Is Wait. this the one down in Auburn? Is, no, this is the one Kentucky, in... Kentucky, I think. Oh, good Lord, man. Let's look this I up. I think it's in Kentucky. I like okay. that pick, though.
3: Making a Luke list, checking it twice.
4: I like it. <laughs> what, what do yeah, it is in Kentucky. Good call, Colby. Yep. What, Nailed so it. Not, there that, you go. not that far from Illinois. So what, what do y'all think the strength of field at the old Barbasol is? Well, you just said
3: that the most picked guy is Luke List. So it's got to be weaker than the John Deere. John Deere was 122. 86. 69.
4: 17. 17? What? What? Seventeen is 17. that right? Official world golf ranking seven. The Corn Fairy event is five. <laughs> 17. 17. That's brilliant.
1: And that's and, brilliant. and I bring
4: up the Corn Fairy not to not to, uh, to slump them. I'm, I'm not, just saying that that's the level below the PJ Turn. It's so close to what, that.
1: Does it give like a USAM uh, strength of field?
4: USAM strength of field. Yeah, I, I know, know it's a,
1: amateur, but well, like
4: probably not
3: because it goes off
1: OWGR.
4: I know, I'm, but you're unless, still unless
3: ranked. Unless there's a Wagger ranking. Uh, let me look. That'd be a good question. I'm Otherwise, just By the way, Brian Stark from Oklahoma State qualified for the U.S.A.M. Got medalist yep. honors as a
4: qualifier. Went like 68-67, I think. Uh, I punched in Tyler Strafacci because he was the most recent winner, and he's not on the official World okay, Golf okay. Ranking, so I don't okay. think they do. Yeah, very interesting. Very interesting. So,
3: Friday afternoon, we'll be back with the halfway show. Uh, and it'll be more of a true halfway show uh, than usual because we'll be able to get it out mid-afternoon after most of the guys are off the golf course.
1: Yep, and just real quick, Golf Oklahoma news here. Uh, you had uh, Andrew Goodman and Ryan Hibble. Coach Hibble actually got alternate spots for the U.S. Open. Love uh, or USA, USA, USA. Oh, great player! Go O.R.U.'s terrible. Bell wins the uh, Missouri Women's State Amateur. Fantastic. Okay, and then you had William Sides off to a strong, strong start in the uh, Junior PGA.
3: If y'all, if y'all notice, these are the same junior names that keep popping up over and over yep. again. Some really had, good golf being played. You this had summer.
1: Uh, Cheney and uh, Jenny Roller aim to ed, uh, advance in the uh, US. Girls Jr. Love it. Okay. So there's been a lot of stuff going on uh, here on golfoklahoma.org. Just log on and see everything there on the website.
3: Absolutely. And uh, one thing I meant to bring up when we were talking about Jason Day, and it slipped my mind because we were a little bit down the rabbit hole got to go see our friends at Oklahoma Spine Clinic if you've got back problems. I can't believe Jason Day hasn't been down here yet to see Dr. Beecham and Dr. Brawley. He'd be back in the Winter Circle for sure. They're both avid golfers, total individualized patient care. Dr. Beecham does non-invasive double board certified in anesthesiology and pain management. If you are needing surgery, Dr. Brawley recently named one of the top 20 spine surgeons under the age of 40 in all of North America. Visit spineclinicok.com located just off of Britain and Broadway extension here in Oklahoma city.
4: Parting thoughts before we get out of here. Yeah. Uh, one thing I want to mention, cause we, we had talked about this w- with Taylor Moore a lot because he's in 17th right now. And is he clearly, for the rankings well the corn Ferry tour uh sent out on their instagram earlier adam svenson who actually played at barry a division two college we play a lot of the same tournaments they did he's an absolute stud he's currently 10th in the rankings and they uh s- Essentially, sent out that he is in. He is far enough ahead in the points to where he is secure. So, okay. basically, to put that in perspective, the top ten now on the corn ferry is almost essentially secure. And and, and Taylor Moore is in seventeenth. So, yeah. just a couple more good finishes. He's he's playing the and remainder. How many of the more?
1: How many more tournaments? Four. Four before the playoffs start, which then you can get even more status after. So bats. he's. Pretty much locked in as long as he plays. He, a he, decent he, would, goal. he would
4: have to get injured, not play, and then have everyone around him win. Yeah. Essentially. So, yeah. but but basically, we, we were debating that. Essentially, right now is where the top ten are essentially. And in. where's but Max also. Be- oh. Sorry. I was just
3: going to say, Max McGreevy's at 14th. Okay. Uh, we've talked about on the Corn Ferry how high you finish in those standings still determines how many, how much status you get, what your level of status is, right. how many tournaments yeah. you get I mean, in the following year. Winning, so.
4: fin- finishing first is not anywhere close to finishing 25th. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, like,
3: Taylor Moore and Max McGreevy, great, doing awesome, all but have their tour cards locked up. Go win a tournament. Go win yeah. a tournament. Bump up in those rankings. See you in uh, in some bigger fields next year. Yep. So. Good stuff. By the way, uh, my favorite guy that I was unable to get into any of my my lineups that we talked about today, Tony Finau. Okay, hey, he
4: he he's played the best at the Opens over sixteen rounds. I he, mean, he's two point. 4-7 or whatever He's phenomenal
3: at the Open. It's by Two, far, three, seven. It's the 4-7 sounded better. It's the best event of his career. He's the only player that finished top 10 in 2018 and 2019 at the Open. He seems to travel from course to course well over there. I didn't have any room to make him fit in anything I was doing, but I do like Finau. And you can get him cheaper than you usually can because he's in a bit of a slump. He's 8,400 on DraftKings.
1: I think a lot of that might have to do with his attitude. It's, you know, if you have that just, not only just a gritty attitude, but a good attitude, just take the punches as they come. I I think you have to do that in a British Open, especially when the weather can be a little dicey. Yeah, no doubt about
4: it. So uh, w- One guy I'll, I'll say, he's totally flying under the radar, has not missed a cut since the owner Palmer. Defending champion, Shane Lowry. Watch out yeah, for him. He's
3: playing really well. Watch I, out for him. I think he'd be getting more buzz if he wasn't the defending champion. If he wasn't the defending champion, he'd be everybody's dark horse. Everybody would be like, oh, Shane Lowry. Shane Lowry. Yeah. But as the defending champ, there's kind of – that that goes along with it. I I don't know how much of an impact but that does, plays, but he is playing really good golf. Does it count
1: as a defending champ? He's the last one to hold the trophy. He's I the know. Champion golfer of the years. The years, Well. <laughs> yeah, I good just want to say one more name: Nicholas Poppleton. Ian. Yeah, that's that's a roster. Fab, a roster, him. Name. do
4: it now. Roster I don't know how much he's. I don't know how much he costs on DraftKings. Just go off the name. Like it. like what a lot of people do for their brackets in March, they just go off the mascots. Love it. You just yeah. go off names. The so absolutely, in, the love Englishman
1: it. Nicholas. Poppleton. All right.
3: Follow us on Twitter at the 73rd hole. Follow us on Instagram 73rd hole. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, Apple, Google, Spotify does not matter. If you're listening to it on the homepage on golf, go in rate and review. Give us a five-star rating. Cause we feel like we're doing pretty good. We're having a lot of fun. Hot man joins us on Friday for the halfway recap. We'll preview the weekend of the open championship. That's Friday afternoon coming up
1: and Sunday will be a little different because we're not it doing will. a recap on Monday. We're doing it on Sunday. It will recap show will be on Sunday.
3: I'm headed out to to uh dc on monday morning perfect week for that because we'll be done with the major championship at about one o'clock on sunday so we'll have the recap show out just a couple hours after the tournament finishes and and we know
4: you're going to be calling in when you're on vacation so this is great oh man oh good
3: stuff good stuff all right talk to everybody friday thanks for listening once again to the 73rd hole the official podcast of golf oklahoma